Welcome back to another episode of Part 3 Podcast. I am one of your hosts, J.R. Smith. This is my co-host, Stephen Marvin. Welcome back, guys. Let's go. What's good, Steve? Yeah. What's going on? Golf World is on fire right now. Yeah, I feel like it's been months since we were in uh, we were in Florida, right? Man, right. It, it feels like forever, dog. Feels like forever. We played the Grove, though. We was in Florida playing the Grove. We came down. Uh, me, you, Sheffield, my boy A Rod. We had a good match. Some good times, uh, good vibes. Good match. He put me <laughs> with A Rod. <laughs> I get put with A Rod. <laughs> good match. So on my side, JR's side of the story, it was a good match with a big ass smile he's got right now, right? Good match. So I'll give you a little backup of how we got to this good match. So I'm fucking, it's, the wind was blowing 40 miles per hour sideways. Crazy. It was raining, freezing cold. I fly out to Florida thinking it's going to be humid, hot. I'm out there in like the craziest outfit, little short ass shorts, fucking freezing. Winds blowing, rain. I'm at the Grove. It's already in, in intimidating just being there at the Grove. No time to warm up. Hit five balls in the wind. My hat's blowing off and shit. I had to end up there. I had to go. Uh, oh, when you left, I fucking went in and got a beanie. It was so cold. So I went the next oh, round with a beanie. So there, you know, we throw teas or something. I end up with this dude, A-Rod, who's a great guy, friend of Swishes and everybody. And then Gary is a monster especially at the grove so we start the match up different and then chef he just starts getting first of all i almost got up and down on the first hall i hit like a seven iron or something shit blue mad far left and then i hit a nice flop shot up there over some shit i had like a four foot little slider left it on the high side missed that lost the first hole here we go this guy's out of it <laughs> and then i played like shit switches on the phone every other hole you know occupied not even paying attention scraping little pars together little bogeys nothing electrifying fucking gary is knocking in 10 15 putts in the wind from everywhere and just everywhere. laughing talking shit and laughing the entire time pounding us and then, smoking a girl cigar cigars firing <laughs> i'm fucking freezing the, 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 the golf carts go so fast and it was raining so hard i couldn't see out of the front window so i kept thinking i was gonna wreck the golf cart going 40 over those roll rails <laughs> and shit because of all the rain then we fast forward it's like fucking 15 or something gary knocks in another putt now we're down even more and then a rod's like come on just you know let's fight back we're gonna take we're gonna play again we're going 36 so we we're good we're, we, we're getting it back we're getting it back and then he swish hangs the phone up and goes a little par birdie par the last three holes no big deal and then they say they're, they're talking uh, a rod's talking about oh damn he just woke up he just woke up and swishes back birdie par birdie the last three coming in popped us for 300 we're talking where we we go up to the clubhouse all right let's let's run it back let's run it back swiss nah i'm gonna need my 300 i gotta go what 
You gotta go. <laughs> How you gonna leave? Oh, we had big hopes and aspirations to try to get it back, but it didn't. It didn't work so well, and we uh, man, we took. You know, when the lady calls, you gotta go, man. The lady calls, you gotta go, man. I got the dogs. I got so much going on. I didn't think we. Were, I didn't even think we were gonna play thirty six until A Rock kept saying. That. I'm like, okay. But again, we the Grove is a 36 course. Right. If it was, if he wasn't down, he was like, ah, oh, man, nah, don't worry about it. See y'all in Miami. See y'all in Miami, right. But that was a great day, though, man. And the weather was shit, though. It was raining. Again, 40-mile-an-hour winds, just tough conditions. I mean, the Grove is in the easiest course already. Greens are flying all the time. Um, really, really narrow for long hitters. So, But it was a good day. I mean, I, can't, I honestly can't complain. What do you think, like, because obviously I think other than Malto, I think this is the first time we played like somebody we had on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you hear people's game and you hear them talk about their game, you don't really like, you like, okay, like, okay, he's, he, he's solid or he has good days. He has bad days, you know, but when I see chef out there in 40 mile an hour winds playing like that, I was just like, he, that's the best I've seen him play. I played with him a couple of times in Mexico. Um, but you know he's a athlete. He's he's into the when the limelight's on and all that. So, you know, we did a thing in Mexico where we had like uh, Chris Spencer was doing comedy and roasting people on the par three in in, in uh, TPC Desante Bay, and everybody hit one by one. So Chris would fucking throw jokes and shit, and then you got to step up and hit. And Gary, out of like. 50 golfers he got closest to the pen he went up to his little fake bat routine and all this shit you know he's a showman and then he fucking hit this little low draw he doesn't look like he's good but somehow that motherfucker keeps hitting it right where you're supposed to and then he was Every putting time. yeah he said he he kept telling us this is the best i ever played it's like how many times you said that he got, he's like a, uh, he's like a hurt look, like a, like a fucking, like a, like a damn animal faking hurt until you get near him and then the motherfucker bite you, you know? He's like, bite oh, the shit old, out I can't play this. I, I've been playing horrible. I've been playing horrible. It's fucking par, 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 par. Like, whoa. Out the gate. Pops. Getting pops. He, he's parring out. He, he, I mean, fortunately, he picked, he picked the team. So I was, I was happy about that. He kind of threw the team my way. So it kind of worked yeah. out. He got his eye hand coordination. That wasn't an accident. <laughs> so let me ask you this, man, because you obviously is in, in, in the uh, golf apparel business and just golf business in, in itself. Like, obviously, the world's been going crazy with this Tiger-Nike situation. What's your, what's your thoughts? I mean, I think it's like Federer. Like, uh, I, I think basically what happened with Nike is, is at some point, you know, I was looking at something the other day, and they, they paid him, like, you know, $300 million for a five-year contract. Then they hit him with another $200 million. Then they hit him with $100 million. And so they keep giving him chunks of hundreds of millions of dollars. He has a long career. Um, some stages was with more money than others. But at some point, it's like, I'm sure they offered him like, you know, a hundred mil or something and just said like, this is your last check. Like, we love you, your legacy. You have a building built after you in Portland or in, in, in Beaverton. And, you know, here's a hundred mil and, and just go out, you know, respectfully is together. And I think mm-hmm. he probably is just such a, um, he's such a competitor and like, you know, thinks puts himself on such a high, um, a high uh, 
thoughts of like what he can still do, whether it's like right. I'm still going to win tournaments or like I could still more sell more polos than anyone in the world. Like he doesn't right, right. He, he believes that, you know, so I think it was probably something there and he passed on that and he's brewing something else up. You know, there's companies that have really, really big distribution. So I think that his legacy, you got him and Charlie, you know, footwear, apparel, you put those two together and you put a building infrastructure around him and using Charlie for like the youth and, you know, the tiger for the legacy and the, in the, in the hall of fame and all that. And you put those two together with a company that has you know, massive, massive distribution like a Titleist or Callaway or TaylorMade is very hard for me to think that he wouldn't be able to make more than a hundred mil as a right. partner with massive distribution infrastructure and all that stuff. So it's, it's excited. Obviously he left. I, I, I think he probably has a, a bond and a relationship with Phil Knight and like, you know, he's been there since he was like a kid and what they did together. I was just seeing where people would post like all of the, the commercials he did for years, right. you know, and just us like watching that growing up. And like, as long as I can remember, Nike's been, I mean, I kind of remember little photos of him with like a Titleist fucking straw hat on or some weird shit when he was in like the U S right. amateur, but like quickly mm -hmm. after that, it was, was Nike at Stanford. Yeah, and he never looked back. That's kind of how I am. I mean, well, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I mean, it's, it, I hate to see Tiger leave because obviously I like when you think of golf and you think of Nike, you think of Tiger to me. If anything, I think it hurts Nike way more than it does him because it, it obviously gives him way more leeway to create his own brand and legacy, and especially with Charlie, like the thing that they have going on, that connection, almost like superhuman. Dude. Like you, you get to see one of the greatest athletes in the world be a dad. I didn't get to share something like this and with his with his son i don't think we really get an opportunity to see that you know our superheroes with their kids and actually being able to whether play with them coach them and like give them that knowledge i mean we see bron doing it with sierra canyon see Melo now with cayenne see different uh i know david west coaches his son's au teams and stuff like that and it's like to see somebody at that high that height of a level of I mean, just stardom. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's a continent on this planet that Tiger Woods can go. People's like not going to be like, oh, that's Tiger. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not even about just golf. It's just how iconic he is. And I feel like that's like a loss for Nike to an extent. Like, again, he does have his own building. Um, I mean, there's other play other players and other sports who have lifetime deals. So I was I'm just kind of kind of weary of like, is it bad blood or is it just like, you know, it's ran its course. I think it's like, like we did the, all we could do. Like the tennis star Federer, right? He basically yeah. did. It was in the same boat where it was like, hey, um, you know, <clears throat> you're going to get another hundred mil. And we love you. And that's it. And then he he declined that. And he went and did a deal with like, you know, I forget who Aloe or Uniqlo or something where like they still have a lot of power and like to Nike, he might not be what's going to move the needle anymore, but like that motherfucker can sell a lot of red polos in the next no, ten, sure. in 10 years. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like just think sure. of red polos. <laughs> They're going to sell some polos. Yeah. All day. That Sunday red is like 
hard to imagine that you can't capitalize on that. And so he's just like, bro, I'm not taking a hundred million in bail and, 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 and no one talks about me anymore. Watch this. Cause he said in there, right. there's a new chapter and, you know, he's from California. So like all those big golf companies are not all, but everyone, but ping, I think manufacturer wise are all in Carlsbad. So mm -hmm. it's like that's Southern California. It's not far, you know, to be able to do it. Yeah. But it's, a, it's exciting, but it's also like, you know, obviously if you're a Nike golf fan, it's, it's weird. I mean, you know, all the rumors of him leaving. And then like when we signed Jason, it was the first um, Nike athlete who played at the century not wearing Nike. So Scheffler was still wearing it. You know, I don't know who else they had in there, but I know Scotty Scheffler was wearing Nike still. But then when they mm -hmm. saw Jason Day come out, then the whole world was like, holy shit, what's going to happen? Like, is everyone coming out with different stuff? So it, I think it was good timing, obviously, on our end, because like people were obviously talking about Jason and assigning him and things like that. But they were also talking a lot about like Tiger's leaving too. What the hell's going to happen? Who's next? What's Rory doing? What's this one doing? And it just has people to start, you know, spinning in their brain and creating a, a chaos, if you will, of just like they don't know what's going to happen. Like no one knows right. what's going on with Nike. And, you know, I've obviously been working with Nike for years. It's very strange to me that they like miss the like COVID boom right mm -hmm. of nike like how's right. nike missed the, the the additional x amount of millions of golfers who started playing golf the last four or five years ago it's like they just had their you know blinders up to that and they were focused on other things like right. you know Ch travis scott or whatever is their energy it, they didn't see it being golf and right. i think that that's kind of if they had seen that potentially you wouldn't see what's happening right now if they had capitalized on that situation. I know you, you just uh, tapped in on a little bit, but like, well, who do you think is like the next guy from here anyway? Because obviously you got Rory. He's probably one of the highest, the highest golfer paid now with Nike, but he's, he's, uh, he's not from the U S. So what, what, as far as like Tiger's stance goes and Who's going to lead that new wave of young, trendy, cool, I want to play like him, I want to be like him, like, as far as a Nike guy? I mean, I think that, like, when Tiger did it, obviously, Tiger was, like, he was, like, from a different planet, if you will, when he came on. Oh, for sure. Right? He had a chip on his shoulder. He didn't like how people looked at his mom, his dad. They were looking at him like, yo, do you work here? Like, what are you doing here? Right. It's like, I'll show you what the fuck we're doing here. I'm going to beat all you fucking cornballs. I'm going to beat everybody. Yeah, the, the intensity of, like, being up, like, winning by, like, being, like, 10 ahead on Saturday and going to the range for two, three hours. And then the next day, like I could fucking lap these motherfuckers. Like I'm going to beat them right. as bad as I can possibly beat them. So in that sense, I don't think there's been anyone that was as dominant, obviously. And then the fact that he, you know, didn't look like everybody at a country club looked like. So I think in order for that all to happen again, you would have to have a motherfucker, somebody from Jupiter arrive, you know, not Florida. <laughs> I'm talking about outer space, alien, fucking holy shit. Right. There's aliens and one of them's really good at golf. And then like that will work. But I can't yeah. imagine a player filling those shoes. You know what I mean? 
No, it's like Michael I mean, I Jordan. It, it's like right. Kobe. Did I, mean, I don't a lot. expect the shoes to be filled. I'm just saying, like, as far as like, because obviously we have a, a Tony Fina. We got Brooks, who's coming out with his own shoe with Nike. Uh, Scheffler got uh, what's the other guy? Well, Fleetwood's uh, overseas too. Um, but you got you have guys, and you, you they have the. If anything, they got they definitely have the reach um, as far as Nike. Um, but again, I, I think there's a lot goes to what you said is finding that person who's from outer space and trying to make it like. And I don't even think that Nike can make them cool. I think they have to be able to yeah. sell themselves enough to where Nike or not even Nike, just the younger generation is following. I mean, obviously, like Min Woo is sick. Min Woo Lee is sick. He's a homie, and he he's super fun and exciting and what he's doing for golf is it's really really good as like an australian korean dude but like he signed last week or or this week um out with with lululemon you know so mm-hmm. like min Wu had a chance to um to be something like very special when it comes to like fashion and and how he's dressing and you know he's rocking off white and he's wearing this he's wearing the you know when i met him in um at the masters at the wme event him and his wife he him and his girlfriend were wearing matching valentine's day dunks you know and i was just Mm. thinking like just some little shit like that's really cool because like damn they both got the rare nikes and they're wearing a matching at a wme party at the masters in augusta it's like golfers don't do that no and nah, so he don't do with the wing tips and <laughs> yeah and even at the, the party they, they, yeah they're wearing like loafers like at the at the little house party he's in like a t-shirt and dunks and sweatpants like fuck it i'm in woo i'm at the masters event you know like, he's not wearing right. a, a blue coat and khakis just because that's what the golf industry wears but right, right. men woo is, is gone i saw uh xander um he, he switched Adidas, right to, yeah he left adidas and went to descent old ski mm. brand um i love descent and um the, the descent japan is like insanely good uh, uh products and and their whole brand and retail experience etc i think it's owned by immer sports that's like a part of anta you know anta mm. that chinese brand yeah so i think you know, Descent doing that's a pretty big deal. You know, I think that first week or two into the season, those are the main three people who switched kits. You got Jason went to Malvin, Min Woo went to Lululemon, which Lululemon, that's a, that's an interesting play for him. You know, obviously they got plenty of money. He's probably right. the only one that they're going to, you know, storytell around, talk about, and they probably a, a very financially um enticing deal that he got with lulu and then xander going to descent is kind of random i saw him with like the descent polo and that that hat everyone was wearing in hawaii that callaway hat shit looked like waffle house or something you saw that arrow? it's just like a red yeah i didn't know what it was but it's definitely interesting and jason was funny he said that he said he hit me after the first day and he said he went on the driving range at the century and so it's only like whoever's there won last year right so you already know everyone who's there if you if you're a golfer or a caddy and uh he said he pulled up and went all the way left on the range 
the the most furthest left spot on the range. And he said he was fucking just started hitting balls like per use. But since he wasn't in Nike head to toe, no one knew who he was. And so he said they were side eyeing him the whole time. The caddies and the players are like, who the fuck is that? And he shaved his beard. Right. So he had like, he went from (laughs) a bearded Nike guy to no shaved and wearing like whatever we had him in. And he said that no one knew who the fuck he was, and they were all staring at him, making it very obvious. And he said he loved it. He was just, like, going with it. Like, he wasn't saying, like, hey, dude, it's me, Jason. You know, it's me, mate. Like, he wasn't going there. Right. He was just fucking hitting balls, like, grinding, hitting balls. And he, he said after, like, you know, 30, 45 minutes, they figured out it was him. And then they all started fucking with them, you know? And they were like, dude, we thought you fucking snuck in. We thought you were like some <laughs> young fucking teenager. Like you were a teenager that snuck on the range and was just out here hitting balls with us. Because, like, he switched his bag from NetJets to Descent. I mean, to DeWalt fucking drill company or something, the tool thing. And then he's wearing our shit. The silhouette's different. The materials are different. They were like, that's a fucking trespasser. Like, they were on them. They, all the caddies were all talking. <laughs> Who the fuck is that down there? That was a Monday qualifier guy. Yeah, they thought it was like a wild fan that just snuck on, and he said he was just going with it. Like, he knew that was all happening, but he would just yeah. keep his head down and keep hitting fucking seven irons. That's dope. That's dope. So congrats on uh, on signing uh, Jason. I, he's a longtime friend of mine. He's a great dude. Um, him and his wife are, are amazing. Kids are, are beautiful. Um, how did that like strike? Like, what, like, what was your process in, in picking, you know, Jason or any professional golfer and like getting somebody in on a PGA? Because you got a bunch of LPGA girls, I believe, right? Yeah, we've done it more there for sure. But that came from like Tony and Cameron Champ's manager and speaking with about Tony and Cameron, who I've been friends with for a long time, but both of those two people and checking the temperature on like, what's going on with Nike? What's up with Tony? What's up with Cameron? You know, and they're like, yo, we're, we're, we're locked in, but like, you should talk to, you should talk to Jason. And I'm like, Jason Day? Damn. Really? Like, I don't know. I don't know if he's fucking with us because this motherfucker dresses fitness. You know, like he dresses like Nike dry fit, like performance guy. And like, I can't Mm -hmm. imagine going from that look to like letting, you know, Luke on my team dress him. Right? Like, I I don't know if it's gonna, I don't know. Shout out to Luke, man. Luke is the dude, by the way. Yeah, exactly. whoever get, if y'all getting packages and y'all it ain't from Auburn, Luke is sending them out. So y'all better thank Luke, man. Exactly. Luke Gardner. Um I'll tell you a quick Luke story. Last so 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 we're we're at the out of the PGA um in Palm Springs for the AMX. And we finally get our first PGA tour passes. You know, it's like a season-long pass. We can go to the mm-hmm. clubhouse, the locker room, the practice area, and the media. So we had to send in a photo, we get our little joints, everybody's excited today. You know, after this, I'm gonna go over to the to walk walk the fairways with Jason and and get out there on the driving range and all that shit. And uh motherfucking Luke was supposed to pick me up at one o'clock in LA to drive out here yesterday. So I'm at the office, I'm waiting on Luke. He hits me, yo, I'm running behind, I'll be about an hour late. I said, Oh, that's all good, you let me know. I walk out, my boy got fucking Easter egg pink hair. 
He's late because he is dying. <laughs> He's dying his hair pink. I'm like, look, we're going to lose the pass, bro. They're already on us. They're already looking at us crazy as fuck when I'm walking on the driving range at the tour. And now you go fucking... Fucking high school dropout. Yeah, the Greece fucking... <laughs> he's out here looking... He's punk rocker. Yeah, punk rock, pink hair. He got tattoos and shit, and here we go. <laughs> we, another great Luke story. We, we, had, uh, we did a tournament out in Montauk, out in, in the Hamptons. And we had like, you know, I don't know, 100 people, 50 people did a, did a tournament. And I invited a couple of my boys, this guy, John, and them that, that are members of Sabonic, right? So this is mm -hmm. midsummer New York. And, uh, we're doing like a, a Saturday at, at the, uh, Montauk golf course. And it's public. You can wear whatever. And then the next day we're playing Sabonic. So he hits me. It's like me and Luke are going to meet him and, you know, his dad, whoever the fuck at the, uh, at the Sabonic, and so he hits me up that night after he had met Luke. He said, "I, I, I it's kind of awkward, but I got to ask you a favor." I said, "What's up?" He said, "Do you think you could have Luke take that black fingernail polish off before he comes to Sabonic on Sunday morning?" <laughs> and, then, and then, so I said, "Yeah, that's no problem." So I call Luke. I go, "Dude, you got to fucking." Go get some fingernail polish remover and get that shit off your nails, bro. You look at fucking two nine-inch nails on them out there. Too emo. You're going to freak them out at Subotic on a Sunday. And then and I Man. said, and also, could you wear a long sleeve shirt? So he only had a cashmere long sleeve oh, sweater in the middle of summer. <laughs> my boy played in golf in the Hamptons. He played golf 18 halls. Just fucking sweating, pouring sweat. And y'all walked. Y'all had yeah, to walk, right? Walking with the caddy, oh, yeah. Oh, man. He was dying. Oh, I feel bad for my man, Luke. They told him to change his nail polish. Fucking <laughs> 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 like black nails were too, too fucking emo. He could have, he could have, they could have, they were like, and he didn't want to ask the question either, but it's funny how the golf world is and something like, you know, a dude having fucking painted fingernails at a golf course could like ruffle everything up. It could fuck everything up. Just something so simple on a Sunday morning, you know, like the, the day Jason had teed off at the, at the century, they said, wow, there's Jason Day and his pants because he's wearing like baggier pants. They're not even nuts. They're not even like. Yeah you know raver fucking pants like there's there's if you see the new fear of god collection and all that shit like jerry went fucking crazy baggy with with the, what they're making and that's the whole like you know business of fashion magazine the other day wrote an article all about bpe you know big pant energy and like how young people want to wear big baggy ass pants that's boys and girls yeah. right it's not yeah, about my daughter's wearing baggy pants like shit they wear my old pants the same way basically right so that's that's just the movement right now well what's happening but we didn't even put them we put them in some like you know straight leg chinos Right, right. chinos so the guy says there's jason day and for the rest of the round we will label him jason day and his pants. And then the other host goes, man, that's a lot of fabric. Cause he didn't know what to say. He didn't know what right, to right. say, you know? So it's like, wow, that's a lot of fabric. And then 
you know, right after the round, Jason's texting me the uh, memes of him with like raver pants on and, you know, this whole uh, more fabric movement that's happening. But, you know, when the entire like golf Twitter and fucking golf world and every blog and every podcast and golf are all like talking about a, a 36 year old man's fucking pants it really makes you wonder what the fuck is going on, you know? And yeah. then I'm questioning, like, okay, obviously with what we've been doing and, you know, me fucking with you and, and Q and all different stuff that, like, we've been doing and collaborations and being very aggressive at what we're doing and not aggressive in a negative way, just aggressively being who we are and loving our friends and pre presenting something that looks different in golf. You know, it's like if... Those pants that Jason was wearing, if that was Vineyard Vines, Jim Nance's fucking company, no one would have said thing. a word. They wanted to diss it. They wanted to diss the announcers diss it. They wanted it wanted to have done that. So like any press is good press type of shit, but it does make me right. question a little bit of like, what do you guys really want? Right. You want young people, you want diversity, you want this, you want women to play, you want the, you want all this shit, but like, do you really? It sounds you're good. Gonna, it's just like sound bites so they can then be like, ah, fuck that, let's go play with our homies. Right. Like, we don't 100%. really want that shit, you know? Let's just, we just had to say we wanted it. You know, Liv, like, kind of started or something because they were bummed out on the way they get treated with the with the content. You know, I think there was something in there that's like, you know, it's like it's like the PGA Tour. Like, I can't post on Marvin Goff Jason's promo clip of him playing in the American Express this weekend. So he's wearing our gear. He's promoting the tournament. You can only watch the tournament on ESPN or NBC or some shit. But I'm not allowed to put it on our Instagram because I'm not allowed to. It's like, well, wouldn't you think the more people who shared that content would drive more, more people to watch it? So, like, Jason right. can post it, and he got a half a million. But, like, if we posted it, and you posted it, and you posted it, and you posted it, but it's like, well, no, you, I can post it on my personal Instagram, but I can't post it on my Marvin Golf Instagram. It's like, But there's more right. followers on that one. And at the end of the day... You should want everybody and their mother to post that motherfucker because there's only one place to watch it. So there's no way posting content of a PGA player is going to take eyeballs away from watching it on TV. It could only right. drive people to watch it on TV. A little snippet here and there, that ain't going to fulfill what you're looking for. You want right. to watch people down and, and coming in on Sunday trying to win the tournament or whatever. But it, I think it's cool. I think this podcast is cool, what we've been doing and just questioning some of the stuff, what's going on. Like, it's just, it's like lame. The shit gets tiring sometimes when like people say they want one thing and do they really, you know, it's like, yeah. you're just fucking 100%. saying that shit. Right. Oh, yeah. That's, that's my only thing. Don't just, don't, just don't uh, out here saying it to be saying it. Cause like I, I've had conversations with dudes on a course and, you know, especially like men only courses and stuff like that. And Cause I got four, again, I got four girls 
in a lot of the conversations is like, oh no, we you know we want women to play, we want the da, 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 da. we want the kids, we want the like okay, but you're a member, but at an all men's course, so do you really want that, or like do you? Oh no, this is just my safe haven. This is how I get away. It's just like okay, but it's not weird to you, bro. Like I don't know. Like for me, it's it's it's, it's very this golf space is a very old, old, old white space and don't want to change. And when you see a guy like even Jason Day, who's walking in with just a whole new kit and they just, they don't even want to accept it. They don't even want to see it. They don't want to accept it. They they want to make fun of it. They want to tarnish it and break it down. But I guarantee if it was Foot Joy, they wouldn't say anything. If it was uh, Uniqlo and, and Adam Scott, they didn't say anything. Yeah, Adam Scott is a big dude. His pants aren't just always as tailored as people see him on TV. Like I've seen yeah. this guy in person, but y'all don't say nothing about him because he's the typical golfer that they love to see. And then nothing, nothing against him. It's just it is what it is. And it's the brand too. Like Uniqlo hasn't made people feel uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Right. Like so, right. I think it, you know. Like I said, like Vineyard Vine, Samartha's Vineyard, fucking inspired. You know pastels and khakis with all over prints and they make a pant probably very similar so does ralph than that pant that you know had everybody fucking stirred up but the cool thing is is with jason is like he knows what's going on and he's like dude i could give a fuck what someone says about my pants like right. I, he's like he's a he's a very you know, spiritual dude, he's into his health, he's into his wellness, he's got five kids, a lovely wife that just had a new baby, you know, plenty of money in the bank, lives in Ohio. He's like, I don't care what y'all right. say about my pants. Like, he does care, though, when everyone's like, well, Marvin's just streetwear or skateboarding or hip-hop or whatever, but it's not fashion. I mean, but it's not performance. And he went out and shot a little 24 under or whatever, top 10 finish at the century. It's like, it's not the polo, you know, it's not the polo. And even dressing him, it was like the original talks were like, I said, like in the summertime, when you're training at your house in Ohio, what do you wear when you're golfing at the house, when you're practicing? Because he has the facility in his yard or some shit out here. Yeah. You went. No, I haven't been. I've seen like I've seen pictures of. I think it was like Golf Digest magazine or something. They did a, a spread on him in his gym and stuff. And that shit looks incredible. And he's a big fan. He told me, and like you said, y'all are big. Y'all and y'all are friends. But obviously, that's that Ohio connect. Oh yeah, right. You linked with For him sure. when you were with the Cavs. Yeah, he used to come to the Cavs games. Him and his wife. Um, I hate to say it, Brian ran into his wife one day. And she had to go to the, she pulled her out on the stretcher and everything, man. It was really? bad news, bro. Yeah, it was bad. I, I felt so bad. And Brian did too. But it was just like, the one time, like for me, there's very few people that I like, you know, I get a little rise out of coming to the games. So when I see JT on the baseline, him and his dad, I'm just like, oh, shit. I see Brooks over there sitting to the court. I'm like, oh, shit. I see J-Day. I'm like, oh, damn. I see rappers and entertainers and all these other people all the time. So it's just like, oh, okay, what's up, bro? Like, you know, when I see them, I'm like, yo, bro, like, I got to get it. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. We hit it off immediately. Like, I met him after the, after the game one day and just started. I don't think he was realizing how how into the game I was and asking him questions and trying to get better. Then I got a chance to caddy for him at um, what is that Firestone when he had the Bridgestone there, 
Um, so I got a caddy for him for nine holes and I learned so much. Um, not only that the bags are fucking heavy as shit, but just like so much about the game, learning how to visualize shots and stuff like that. And, and like, he was the first person that I've ever met that literally closes their eyes before every shot and visualizes this swing in the shot and then steps into it. And I just took that right there. I took that immediately and just started implementing that for me. And then just start changing my game overnight. So I'm just like, oh man. So we stayed close. He's he's cool as hell. But it's funny because again, like he's very like you said, he's he was very performance where he was all I, whenever I seen him, he always had like some drive fit, tech fit, you know, dope ass kicks on and shit like that. So when I seen the move, I'm just like, huh. I wouldn't have picked him. I wouldn't have I would if I would I wouldn't have picked him to be like that person in the brand. But then when I see him in it, I'm just like, that's perfect. It works. Yeah. He he's so going to he I'm like, what do you wear in the summer when it's hot when you practice golf? He's like, I wear running shorts and I wear a t-shirt. Baggy. Cause I don't want to be restricted. Okay, mm-hmm. great. What do you what do you wear when you're training at the crib in the winter? I wear oversized sweatpants and I wear oversized hoodie or crew necks. Oversized so I'm not restricted. And it's like, let's just take that right onto the fucking course. You know, and then he starts trying shit on and he's like, at first I'm thinking like, I think he's going to say like, these pants are, I love these pants and I'll wear them after golf. But like, this isn't performance. You know, I'm fucking Jason Day. I'm former world number one. Like I'm, I'm a performance dude. He's like, do these come baggier? Like I'm wearing a belt, mate. Like I, the looser fit the better in his idea. Because again, it goes back to a logical thing. It's like, when he's practicing in the backyard, he's wearing oversized sweatsuits right. and hitting balls for eight hours straight in a sweatsuit because cold, yeah. he's comfortable, you know, and it goes to like my brain on like, you know, Malto and Costin and all those type of people like big pants became famous in fashion in the rave world, probably, et cetera, et cetera. Like all that came from skateboarding. But if you're... Right. You know, if you're going flying fast as shit on a skateboard off a bunch of fucking stairs, you need your legs to be able to pull your knees up high so the skateboard has time to flip and and do whatever the fuck, right? So the last thing you could do, the last thing those skater kids wanted to do was be restricted and wear some tight pants that you can't move in. You know, and even Jason on like interviews and stuff, he's like, I don't think it's helps my golf swing wearing really tight clothes like it doesn't mm. do anything for me um yeah jason's the best his foundation is why he's just like cool as shit and he's he's just like a very 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 normal dude he's not mm-hmm. in my opinion like a golfer right he's just right. a really normal great dude that happens to be really 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 good at golf and because of things that happened in his life he had to figure out at a young age like how to make money and he right. fucking figured he figured it out. You know, he figured sure. it out. He stopped with uh what Taylor made a couple of years ago, right? So now he's just like he's yeah. unsigned and just doing his thing. Yeah, he's a mixed bag. He's like he I like that too, where it's like I think he's got like a ping I mean he's got a ping driver, then he's got tailor made irons, folky, tireless folky wedges, and a mm. spider, old spider putter. But yeah, it's like you know, whatever they're going to offer him. I mean, look, Jason got a hundred million from Nike, right? So like there's a hundo and then he's made over 50 million playing on the tour. 
let alone his NetJets deal. He was on Lexus and like he's had some other money opportunities. He also has a smart business advisor guy. So he's doing investments. He's doing different things to set him and his kids up for the future. They live in Ohio. You know, he's not driving Rolls Royces and shit, right? Like he's on a different wave of like being comfortable and, and not needing to be too like try hard or, or any, any of that stuff. So like, I love him. He's, like, he's very tin cupish because he's what drives his bus to every tournament, right? Yeah, he drives it. He stays in that fucking bus. I think with the equipment, it's like someone wants to throw you a bone and then you got to, one, be in their content. Two, you got to switch. So, like... got to make sure that shit works. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're fucking playing the Stealth 1 and then you got to switch to the Stealth 2 and then you got to switch to the QI 35 or whatever the fuck it is, it's like... Buddy, I'm trying to win tournaments over here. I'm not trying to switch equipment every 10 months just to be a marketing engine and you're going to throw me some small bone. If I just play what clubs I want and I just focus in and lock in and I can play Ping, Mizuno, Titleist, TaylorMade all together, shit, win one tournament, you're going to get way more than you would have got from that bag. So I think those bags help when it's like someone younger Min Woo right. Lee, et cetera, who has to wear like the Callaway hat with the Lululemon. But like t- Callaway's been taking care of Min Woo for the last few years. And as he goes on to tour, he keeps it going. And like, you know, if you get sponsored at a certain age where you're like, you know, that's all you ever played was ta- Titleist or TaylorMade. It's like not hot. Like Justin Thomas and those dudes, Jordan Speed, they've been on right. Titleist forever, I think. So Since they Jason, were literally six years old. Yeah. And Jason's been on tour, I think this is his 17th year. So like he's hit a lot of different clubs. You know, even fashion, right. when he came mm-hmm. on the scene, they were wearing baggy shit. Then it went mm-hmm. to workout shit. Then it went to like... That's when he had the hair. Yeah, hair, baggy shirts. And then it turned lately into just like less fabric, right? Very tight mm-hmm. fitting, um, not wasting any thin, fabric. Yeah. Thin material. resistant. And, water and resistance. Almost clinging materials that cling to mm-hmm. your body, you know? And that shit didn't flatter into like, like you're tall and you're thin. You can wear, you know, really tight polo and long tight pants and that shit might look right. But if I wear it, I'm looking nuts. <laughs> My body too damn lumpy in the middle. It did not gonna work, Jr. It's not working. I'm looking, no. I'm looking fucked up. I ain't putting it on. I wear a fucking hoodie over that shit just to get a little room. I hate wearing tight uh, ass fucking polos, dude. It's like the way it like shapes my fucking body out is crazy. Like I was even talking talking to someone the other day. It's like guy like Tony Finau, right? When they put him in Tony. that tight ass Nike shirt, you know, like Tony's like fucking Samoan or something. Like his body yeah. isn't quite the same as others. No. And like Tony with no shirt on would look more flattering than Tony with the shirt on. The shirt just makes it look worse. You know what I mean? Like, if he's on the beach, he looking fine. No shirt, no big deal. Body looks fine. As soon as you put that shirt on, it's like a magnifying glass. Starts ripping in on his tits and fucking love handle starts popping up and shit. Yeah, too much work. Just to, and imagine, I mean, I can't imagine playing in clothes that fucking tight. But, you know, like I said, if it's Tom Brady, that looks right on him. 
But that shit right. ain't gonna look right on fucking Tom Kim. You know right. what I mean? Or Patrick For Reed. Sure. Patrick Reed can't dress in the same thing no that fucking DJ and Brooks are wearing. And no with Nike, they give them the same kit because that's what's for sale at Dick Sporting Goods. And that's what they have right. to wear. And, you know, Jason said some shit he remembers over his career where he would literally walk on the first hole and look and see like three other dudes on Nike wearing the exact same outfit as him. So he's excited, man. We did one commercial to launch it. We already did another commercial. This is his second tournament. I mean, they're like, you that's know. Dope. You're going to just only script him for the majors, right? I'm like, no, nah, I think we'll just script him every week. <laughs> like, like we'll, we'll help every week. We got one horse in the race. Fuck it. Right, right. I don't know. I'm excited. You know, I'm a fan of his. Hell a fan yeah. of golf. But he's very, uh, you know, he, he, he wants to wear sit a certain way. We send him a ton of stuff. He says, I love this, 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 this. And then it's like, okay, well, we'll make sure this, 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 and this is net jets on the back of it. Your hats are right. He goes in between a nylon and a, and a canvas dad hat. So we'll see. Hopefully he plays well. And, um, what's going on over there? What's up with your college golf career? Man, I got a. I got some tournaments coming up and I got a, I got what, five coming up this semester and I gotta get, I gotta get my game right. I'm looking for the schedule second. What's holding you back with your game right now? Putting, I would say. I mean, obviously you can hit more fairways, but it, it's all short game, getting up and down, figuring out not, not, I, I've, I, I've gotten to the point to where I don't lose balls. So I'm happy about that. I don't hit it out of bounds. I'm not like, just spraying it. It's literally five, 10 years off, right? Five, 10 years off left. And I mean, obviously you want to dial it in, but you, you know, when you're playing competition golf and you're playing for a score, you got to take doubles off the cart. So for me, that's like my biggest thing, but I got one, two, three, four, five, hopefully seven, uh, depending on if I make the conference championship and the PGA works, but we got, uh, RC was it? Arcus Invitational, World Golf Village, Aggie Invitational, Southern Invitational, and Irish Creek Invitational. So and I got some tournaments coming up. Can people can pull up, up. Yeah, people pull pull up, up. and watch? Oh, yeah, people yeah. can pull do up they, and watch. Do they? You got fans showing up? I had, you no, know, at my first tournament, I had a, a small little gallery following yeah. me, uh, which was like, I thought it was going to be like more scary than what it was. It was actually dope because I was, I was, I felt like I was way more locked in. I knew I had people watching and I, I wanted to do really well opposed to like <laughs> just going out there. Nobody's out there. You just spraying it everywhere. You throw up a 95 and just like, well, you know, yeah, um, so I like when people come, man. It's, it's dope, especially when like old guys or old girls from the uh, school or like alumni or whatnot, when they pull up, it's the, it's the time because they really, they're really cheering for you. You know, some people just come and pull up just to see you fail. And when I see them pull up and they got the Aggie shirts on and stuff and they chant and it's, 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 it gives me a lot of pride and joy in that. So how does it work? So you, you play it no matter what you have to make a cut. What no. how does it work with the team? So with the team right now, we got seven dudes. Um, we had eight. Uh, one just left. He, he, he transferred. Um, but yeah, I got to beat off two guys to get to the 
even in the top five or play as an individual and bring like uh, in school, bring like a six. But even then, you still got to battle it out to play as an individual. So and I got how does it qualify. battle out? It qualifies what everybody goes play and the top five scores go, or is it off based off of like accumulated scores over the last few months or something? How do you? No, no. The, the first ter- the first week we'll have qualifiers. Then we'll go from whoever has the top score. Obviously, we'll we'll, we'll go in, but then it's based off of how you perform as well in the tournament. So if you you play well in a tournament and you like obviously leaps ahead of your second police person on your team, then you you're going to be the number one guy for the next tournament nine times out of ten. Uh, so you probably like skip you get a qualifier exemption in college. For me, I'm nowhere near that, so I gotta I gotta battle it out every week. The top guys are shooting what. 67 69, or 70, 69. 69. Yeah. yeah, 60, 60, 68, 69, 70. 70 um, that's all good, yeah. The fifth man is probably like 75, 76. And that's like, you know, 75, 76 in your sleep is a hard thing to do. It's yeah. not easy. No, and you've never played the, the course before. You, you, you're playing. You're putting it out. Yeah. Like everything. Well, it's just with golf, it's so easy to get a fucking double bogey, right? So, you know, like, like I played Riv yesterday with some uh, SC kids. They play on the team. And, you know, like, when you get to the level that, like, your game is or my game, like, anything can fucking, uh, anything can happen. But, like, you know, it was 18. We were running, and I, I, I made, like, the last five holes, I made, like, a birdie or two. I was on, coming in great. I 18, I hit the drive a little low on the face a little scabby it barely mm-hmm. made it over that big ass trench at riff and it yeah. rolled and it and it didn't roll that far so i had 215 in you know and i'm in a match and this shit's pressing and whatever and i fucking top a two iron top the two iron on 18 at Riviera, and I was already all zenned out, like, Ben Hogan hit this fucking shot. I'm getting ready to right. fucking hit up. I had it all figured out what the fuck I was going to do. I visualized I know what you it. said. I was on. I topped that. I made a little chippy two-iron. Yeah, I was on. I, I was talking shit. I was fucking those dudes up. I had already pressed. They, they, they pressed with two holes to go because we had already closed out two bets, and this was the third bet on just 17 and 18, and I had a stroke on 18. Mm. I topped the fucking two-iron. It goes running down and right and gets into the wet rough on the right-hand side. Uh, I had one, one 15 out, so again, I'm still Still in it, right? I'm gonna hit the full gap wedge. And I uphill, hit the f- right? uphill, you know, whatever. I had like 105 or something, so I grabbed the gap wedge. I'm just gonna hit it. I hit that motherfucker fat, good, uh, you know, 10, 15 yards short of the green. Chip it up, miss the putt, double. They make par. I lose. Damn. I mean, it's like I'm right there, and that is. You, and know, all you, got, you, you get a shot. All you gotta do is make oh, par. Fucking. All I had to do is not get a double. And I got a fucking double. That's that, and that's the that's the thing about golf, man. Because you you when you you can look and see like, all right, all I got to do is just not get up and down, and I'm good. Driver, ah, I didn't hit it as good as I wanted to, but I'm off to a little to the right. We're in it. Still. Iron, I, we're still in it though. We're still in it. Ah, I didn't hit my best iron shot. I'm in the bunker, but uh, then you. Fly it over the bunker or over the green from the bunker or stay in the bunker Lander. and just like, bro. All right, man. It's fucking right. tough. It's a tough game. Especially that's even practice for four hours. 
Yeah, and when you're in those tournaments and doing all that, like, you know, it's 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 shocking at how intense the tour players are. Where like I played golf last week with, with the wave god, Willie Wilcox came out, you know, we played two or three days out in Northern California and uh he had just come from caddying with Sung Jay. Sung Jay, mm-hmm. you know, Willie caddies for Sung Jay, and they just had played in the century and they broke the PGA record of the most birdies in four days. So I don't know the exact number, but like he basically birdied every other hole for fucking four days straight, you know? And just think of that. Like I missed the five footer for bogey to prep to push, but it was rib and it was sliding. And they say ribs, the hardest five foot putts on all the tour for the pros have the hardest time making the five footers at rib than any other course in the, in the, on the schedule. But for Sung Jay and Willie to lock in, they he, Willie said Sung Jay got a new putter. He mm-hmm. switched to some new fucking the big like uh the big Scotty Cameron like um the fucking spaceship looking one, you know, with the big weights in the background, a big mallet, crazy oh, looking yeah, fucking yeah. Scotty Cameron joint. I think he mm-hmm. switched to that. He said he just started making putts like in the practice round. He started pouring them in, and it just never fucking stopped. Just made putts for four days straight, never really missed any putts, and then broke the record of birdies. So, like, when you're doing that tournament at school, you know, it's very hard to keep your attention for fucking 18 holes, right? And not not slip up. I remember going back, and for anybody out here listening, like, if you want to shoot, if you want to break 80 at golf, you just have to play six three-hole matches with yourself mm-hmm. and if you could be one over in three holes that those three holes are done then you start the next three holes then the next three holes and if you shoot one over every three holes you shoot six over for the round and that's a 78 you know but like if you start thinking oh i'm gonna shoot 78 it's fucking very hard to do it so it's like yeah you know just three holes i can like set my energy and I can like grind hard as fuck on those three holes. And then it's like, that shit's over now the next three holes. And if you get a start off on the next three and you get a birdie, it's like, Oh shit. If I can just par the next two fucking holes. Now I'm two ahead of my goal. Right. So if you one over on the first three, one under on the second three, that's what, you know, just thinking out loud, like tricking yourself to stay in it. And not get carried away. And I think it's like similar to fucking life. You know what I mean? It's like, yep. you can't, you know, in 10 years from now, I'm going to be doing this. It's like, for the next three months, I'm going to do my best at doing this. And, you know, my mom mm-hmm. told me once that if, you know, you you have a good couple hours, then you'll have a good day. If you have a lot of good days in a row, you had a good week. You have a lot of good weeks in a row. You had a good year. You have a lot of good mm-hmm. years in a row. You had a good fucking life. You know, yeah, but right. if you're just like, I want to have a good life. It's like, whoa, buddy, let's slow that. Let's pull let's that slow. back a little bit. <laughs> you get overwhelmed thinking about what a good life is. You start thinking when you sick. You start thinking about being 60 when you're 35. I'm like, nah, brother. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to work. Yeah, that's funny you say that because I literally just uh, had a conversation with one of my uh, tutors about that the other day. And my goal for this year, um, I want to take it by quarters. 
take the whole year by quarters. And this, this goes from the way I eat, the way I wake up, the way I spend money, the what I spend my money on, how much time I spend with my kids, how much time I don't spend with my kids, like everything by, by just by a quarter. Like start off with the month, plan out week, because I've never been a planner. I hate planning week to week. I hate looking at the calendar like, damn, I got to go here or damn, I got to go there. And I look at the shit and it's just like, I'm too fucking busy. And then when I, but when things just roll up on you and you start missing things and you already gave you a word to and you know, you're only as good as your word and it's, it should just like just piles up on you and you get it before you know it's just, it's a, uh, it's a snowball effect. It's, this little thing that starts like this turns into this big ass fucking snow mountain rolling down the hill and you can't, you can't get behind it because you don't have the preparation to, to see what's coming. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's, I, I, that's one thing I've, I've, I'm want to do a better this year than I did any year that I've been here on this planet is take it quarter by quarter. And I didn't realize how many, I was talking to my business manager actually, and I didn't realize how many people live on a quarterly basis mm-hmm. and not necessarily that they financially don't have it or financially do have it. It's just to, to discipline yourself to, to understand where you want to go and when, what your goals are. And how to achieve those goals. And for me, it's like I've always put my energy and effort into my goals, like full fledged is is put all my time into it. And that's never and that's not I don't think that's good at either because you get too consumed with something that's may not be the most important thing to you or that's yeah. important in just in general. Or for you. So, yeah. Or for you. So I'm just trying to for me, that's like my, my biggest thing on New Year. I stopped drinking years back and uh, I'm going to drink for you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. You drink for me. But the, the, the thing of like, if I were to tell you right now, I'll never drink again. I probably need a fucking scotch just to deal with the anxiety <laughs> of such a statement. You know, like I need a drink. If I tell you I'll never drink, then I'm like, God, damn, I need a drink. That was heavy. That was a weird fucking feeling I just had. But if it's just, you know, day to day and fuck whatever like i'm f- i know for sure i'm not drinking today it's very right. easy it's just today like it's easy it's no big deal it's fucking i don't you know i ain't even thinking about that shit but if i were to think about it it's like well i could easily not drink today you know right. and next thing you know you look back it's like wow it's been a year it's been five years it's been whatever and that no drinking shit is interesting where like you know the two people who won the first two tournaments of the year are both publicly alcoholics that were fighting with depression and that were fighting with alcohol and this, that, the other, and spoke about such things and all that. Get sober. You know, the dude who won last week, my boy, what's his name? Grayson or, or something? Yeah. Um, he, they say he was a fucking mess. He wrecked the scooter all lit up somewhere and almost died or some shit on the, on the scooter while in Bahamas or wherever the fuck he was at as a pro golfer. The other guy, Chris Kirk, you know, he's been very public with it, but it's interesting when, you know, being in an, an addict, it's not all good, but it's not all bad either. So like when you right. go from being an addictive personality and you switch one addiction to the next, so whether that's me, it's like I'm addicted to like, being as present I can be with my kids and my being the best, you know, husband I can possibly be, being the best partner and designer and, and, and executive of our company. And I'm obsessed with 
being the best golfer I can be, right? And so it's like, right. you know, those dudes, it's like, well, fuck, I'm not going to drink anymore. And, but now they're, they're practicing 10 hours a day. They're waking up clear and they're going right back to the fucking range. So, you know, it's like these dudes have been missing cuts and scrambling and, you know, 60th on the tour and da, 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 go eight, nine months not drinking and just switch that addiction to just golfing, 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 golfing. It's like, mm -hmm. damn, these motherfuckers just won. You know, and right. it's an amazing thought of like, if you're doing bad things that are not bad, but like not the best you and you switch, mm -hmm. like you're saying, like you go on a year and planning and a year at a time, if you just pull it back a bit and you just go quarter to quarter and, you know, like you said, you're going to spend the time with your kids, you're going to do your finances right, you're going to exercise, you're going to study, you're going to do your schoolwork, you're going to work on your golf you're going to work on your relationships it's like you look back in a year and be like that was a great fucking year right. it's inevitable it just happens you can't but again if it's like this year i'm gonna do a b c d e f g it's like fuck you're gonna have a fucking anxiety attack thinking about all that shit you just take sure. it easy and by day five you out of it yeah, you're back it's like drinking, the, you're back smoking, you're back partying, exactly, everything else is back. Exactly. The uh, I was in Florida with the kids, and it was New Year's Day, and we were in Palm Beach, and uh, they wanted to get ice cream, so we called all the fucking ice cream stores, and they were all closed on New Year's Day, you know. And Luciano, mm -hmm. he's a smart little motherfucker. He said, "Well, I know what it is," and I said, "What?" He said, "Well." New Year's Eve, everybody made the new resolution. They're not going to eat sweets. So they won't be open today. He said, but I guarantee you they'll be open by the 3rd of January. Two, three days, people will be eating ice cream again. So he That's thought the sure. ice cream store was closed on New Year's Day because everybody at midnight <laughs> says, I'm not going to eat ice cream, you know? That's a good one, though. That's a good thought, though. That's a good yeah. thought, all the man. all the candy stores and fucking all the vices are all closed <laughs> on New Year's Day. It's just because people gave it up, but they'll be back in a week. They motherfucker be rocking, no. slinging that soft serve for sure, for sure. That's one thing about me, man. I I realized that like almost a month or two ago, really, because I you know I know we play, we smoke, we chill, hang, kick it, whatever, whatever, and I realized for me. It's not beneficial when I smoke and play golf. Like I can't play the, at the level that I want to play at and smoke at the same time. It's impossible. Difficulty wise, it's a lot fucking easier to putt consistently and chip consistently and pick your clubs consistently properly. If you're not fucking, you know, on that loud pack. It's right. hard. It's hard. Dude. On that viola pack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, there's a time and a place, but guaranteed, you're trying to fucking score. And the thing right. is, when I used to smoke a lot of weed, I would fucking go fucking walk up to the putting green or, or to a putt. I have a birdie putt. I walk up and look at that motherfucker and be like, it's breaking right to left. And then I go stand behind the ball. I start hallucinating, seeing it breaking left to right. And then I trust the weed fucking hallucination and put that motherfucker a ball out left, knowing damn well it was going to go the, the opposite and put yes, it sir. and miss, miss the hole by two cups. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> Not only miss the hole by two cups, but blow it by five feet. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, what? What the fuck did I just do that? I got for? another five footer coming back left or right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's a fucking good one. So what about uh AT and T week? 
You wife, you're coming? Yes, sir. We'll be there. So we're going to do, uh, I've got it all set up. We're going to do the preserve on Tuesday, Thursday. Um, I mean, Monday, Tuesday. Monday, we're doing the preserve with uh, with um, this Adidas project we're doing. So a lot of the homies are coming. A lot of people been on the pod before. And uh, Miles and Jordan are going to come and film at the preserve with, like, you playing, me playing, everybody playing around at the preserve, some of the guests, etc. Adidas has um, Brandon Wu, Terrell, um, what's his name, um, Colin... Uh, all of their pro players that'll be in the AT&T are going to come up there. They're going to chip, putt, play a couple holes, whatever. We're not really doing it as like a proper tournament. We're just going to do a celebration in golf and everybody just fun. So you could pair up. You play nine holes with this group, nine holes with that group. The next nine holes, we could do 27. We could play 36. We could just rip it. We got the whole preserve, which is kind of the first time they've ever let anyone do it. So that'll Love be fun. There's, there's like 50 of us or so. And then the next morning... We're going to play. I got a few tee times early, so it's a smaller group, but two, three foursomes, we'll all go out and play. And then after that, you know, we're going to set up the podcast down at our shop in Carmel. We try to get Jason Day on the show. We're going to get Q, old Q-Wop. Everybody, we, for the record, we did do an interview with Schoolboy Q. We had Q on how many months ago? Bro, he was one of the first episodes. Like, he was. this was literally like eight, nine months ago. Yeah, he was talking about, um, yeah, my album's coming out soon, but just let me, let me give the thumbs up that my album's ready before you drop this, right? So like nine months fucking later, the album's still not done. It's ready now though. So he said he's done. He's coming up to Carmel. He's playing golf. We'll redo the pod, modern, modernize that. We'll get Jason through, try to get maybe Colin, some of those guys. I'm thinking to try to get, uh, Sean Foley. The, the, mm. the golf thing yeah. and uh, take it easy. AT&T week, go watch some, some golf down there on the water at Pebble. They're doing Pebble and Spyglass only this year. They bump Monterey Peninsula out. So I kind of appreciate really? that. Yeah. It's hard when there's three courses. Like I'm about to go right now and it's like Jason's playing on one course in the desert. And then over here's my other homie and over here's my other homie. And it's like, damn, I just want to go on the range and see everybody. But when there's right, three right. different courses, three different ranges, three different crowds, you almost feel like it's never crowded, you know, because everyone's sprinkled between all three courses. So Pebble will be cool. And then we, we rock a couple out there. Um, and then obviously we're going to meet up with Top Golf at, um, shout out to Top Golf. We're going to go do the pod uh, Super Bowl week. And Liv has a tournament going on at the same time. So we're definitely going to brew up some shit. Speaking of Liv, I got a question for you. Do you feel, because I didn't feel like this at first, but when, when, when it came out, one of our boys pointed it out, he's like, oh, he's backpedaling. He's backpedaling. He wish he took the money. Rory. Uh, you know, I think what he said was was honest, that, like, he he uh, he felt his opinion in his financial situation was the only one that mattered or something. You know, and he right. said, I think he said that not everybody's in the same boat as me and Tiger, right? Like, y'all right. got millions of fucking dollars. You're towards millions. the end of your career. You know, you've already won a bunch of majors. You've done this, that, and the other. Of course, you're cool to not take the, the bag, right? But at the right. end of the day, like, 
how are you going to speak for Brooks Kepka, who was injured, missing fucking cuts? He's fearful, man. I might never fucking win again. You know, like, I might never win again on this shit. And if someone's throwing me a huge bag of money, you know, and then and, and also, obviously, whatever the fuck Rory was saying a year ago, that was before the commissioner just won the little low, low, hey, we're going to go ahead and merge and do a deal with the... The blood money, yeah. the bad guys. Don't fuck with the bad guy. Don't fuck with the bad guy. And then your boss is fucking with the bad guy. It's like, damn, why the fuck right. was I loyal? I mean, you got to think these months, they're thinking that, right? Like people, like even Tony, Tony Finau, everybody was rumored out. Even even that poor guy at the last tournament, you know, where they did the uh, couple. I mean, I just saw you, right? The uh the the Lydia Cole and Jason Day won yeah. that uh that that tournament down there in Florida, but I heard from Tony and them that like there were fans coming up to Tony being like, "Take you're taking the blood money," fucking yelling at him and like being like psychos, dude, because every there was a rumor he was leaving to go to live, so it's still there. But if mm -hmm. if Tony did go, I think he wouldn't get the backlash that Phil got. Right? Like, it's over. No. Phil Phil fucking took a hit for everybody. And, like, on one side, he made it acceptable to go a little bit more than it was when he went. And then also, he got the, the, the money and the prizes went up substantially on the tour. Right? A rookie, mm -hmm. I heard, I heard the rookies, or the, yeah, maybe the rookies, they get 500 grand a year from the tour whether they, you know, maybe One make a not. cut or not. Yeah, like right. they don't, It does. they get a salary. No matter what, they get money to be able to move around and have a chance to compete against right. the top 20 or whatever. So they can have a trainer and they can get their flights and they can pay their caddy and like they can actually make a living golfing. None of that stuff wanted to happen if Phil walks so all these other dudes can run. And then I think, right. I think, I think it's just, you know, I don't really think that he's thinking that, that Rory's thinking like I should have took the money because he's got so much fucking money. I think he's just thinking like maybe I was a bit harsh on these dudes. I don't. I gotta right, put. Right. You know, what if like Harold Varner? It's like my man wanted to change his 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 situation, not only for him, for his mom and dad, his brothers, his cousins, his right. <laughs> his kids, his grandkids. To be like, not everybody has That's the a chance to to turn down. A hundred million dollar right. check. I was talking to Clark. He brought up DJ, and he was like, you know, and, and people were still kind of like blasting him or whatever, whatever. And he was like, you know, Jay, you gotta realize, you know, DJ and AJ, they like they're poor kids from South Carolina. They didn't have a lot. They didn't grow yeah. up with a silver spoon or a gold spoon and everything else. Like they got families. They got they they everybody who just because they're very talented. That doesn't mean they didn't come from anywhere. They came from somewhere. Everybody didn't come from a country club. And my dad was a golf pro. And, you know, some guys have terrible backstories. Well, not terrible, but like backstories that isn't as pretty as some of these other guys who just grew up in the game and just are allowed to flourish at the top. Some guys had to grind it out and come, you know, drive into tournaments and doing X, Y, and Z. So from, from me, 
looking at it like if i if i can remember my mom and my dad taking me to bitty league practice and, and since i was three years old to the time i was 13 and then from then i went from high school and they're taking me to this tournament and that tournament if somebody comes to offer me a 250 million dollar check i'm thinking about all of those times that this was the case like what do you mean i'll never like my family will be forever set in Eston Stone. Like, don't get me wrong. And then for me, I I give I get wrapped up into it because a lot of a lot of athletes in general, not just golfers, will sell themselves to this major, whether it be leagues, NBA, NFL, or whatever else, and forget a whole lot of the backgrounds and, and stomping grounds where you came from, where you paved ways through. So now you legislating these new rules in the game it's like the high school rule it's like a, a bunch of high school guys signed off for like yeah we don't worry about it we don't nobody got to come after us it's like yo bro what you mean like so many people like so many people went through the whipping post and everything else for us to be able to come out of high school and be able to go pro and be able to do what we want to do now you you just because you you're up here now now you're just gonna say nah we can lift that uh they don't worry about it like, bro, what about you five years ago? If that was you, then you got to go to college, then you get hurt, and then you don't even make the league, you know? It's and tough. It's hard it's when tough. people make, if I'm, you know, I can hardly make decisions for myself and know what I'm doing is the right thing. How in the hell am I going to try to make a decision for another grown man? You know, it's right. like you can't tell people what to do. Is Everybody's on their own no, sir. journey, you know what I mean? And what is right for you may be wrong for someone else and what's right for someone else might be wrong for you. But I think that was Rory's kind of, that's what I took out of it was just like, damn, you know, now that I look back at it, think, and also he could say that now because the tour's doing a deal or trying to do a deal at the minimum. So it's like, all right, fuck, you know, I think he got kind of, they, they put him in an awkward place too with, with Rory and he's so emotional and he's so opinionated and you know, he's telling it. It's like, dude, let people do whatever the fuck they want. As long as it's not hurting somebody, you know, and they're then they're going to the say, well, they're taking blood money, you know, this, that, and the other, da, 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 da. It's like, well, so is every single gas station in America. So, like, all those F-150s ripping around America are buying Saudi oil, and we're over here doing billion-dollar deals with the Saudi government, the U.S. government working with the Saudi government and XYZ. They look past the point that they're bad to people, that they don't let women do this, that they kill journalists or whatever the fuck they're doing, you know? And I'm not saying it's good stuff. I'm just saying that, damn, you know, it's like, so the U.S. government can do billion-dollar business deals with Saudi, and we can get in all types of weird, deep shit with them, but Dustin Johnson can't take the bag of money to help him and his fucking brother from the slums of South Carolina? Like, fuck, that's right. kind of a harsh, you know, and that's what Rory was doing. So when he looks back, he's probably like, yeah, I get it. Well... Good catching up with you, man. Always, brother. It's always a pleasure. I see that 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 mic right there. Is there something to that mic? Just a, yeah, we just got a little a project coming out with tag. We got a project coming out with tag. A little golf watch I got coming your way. I was oh, gonna get you guy. one. Of, I was gonna get you one of these, but I know you've been wearing them fucking diamond face rollies and all that. I don't know if you rocking the tag. <laughs> I'm rocking the tag. <laughs> if you want the tag Dude. speaker, we got a fucking sponsored speaker. I'm shit over tag, here, bro. 
professional I'm not gonna lie, podcast. Bro. I got a quick story about this ta- this tag situation, man. I go, oh, we are in Charlotte, me and my lady, bro. We in the mall. She was like, what do you want for your birthday? I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, just some polo t-shirts and drawers or whatever. I don't know. So we walk past this watch store, and of course, I see Tommy Fleetwood on there. I'm like, oh, damn. Like, that's a dope watch. So I go in, go, of course, go in the store, look at the watch, listen to that third. It's fucking amazing. It's dope. Man, she buys it for me for my birthday. I get it. Use it probably like twice, maybe three times. I put it down somewhere and I haven't been able to find it since. And I, when I tell you, like, heartbroken. I'm so sick. You used it playing I'm golf? I'm so sick. Yeah. It's a, it's a golf watch. It attracts your yeah. shots. It tracks like how far each club goes and everything. And I'm like, bro, no way. No way. And of course I gotta tell her and of course I gotta tell her I, I misplaced it and she's not a she's not happy with me. But well you, you got a new one coming. It. It's, it's green and yellow, <clears throat> it's mobbed up. We did a whole clothing collection and accessories and all that shit. The travel bag, golf bag, the travel oh, the tag mobbing travel bag is just filthy. See, that's why I need more than anything. <laughs> My travel bags beat the shit. He's one of them fucking Sun Mountain fucking dick swagging <laughs> Golf Galaxy specials. I got you one. We get hollering hard Luke. cases and shit. We'll highlight my boy Luke. Yeah, Luke with, with Luke the pink hair and black nails. <laughs> so that's it. Pink hair and black nails is killing me. Check it on Instagram. We'll go see out here. How many jaws drop when that motherfucker walks on the range? We'll see, we'll see y'all next week. Uh, part three podcast and route. Going.